who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats well, you do? first you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants, like, the big ten. <laughs> five. Five would do. Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think, like, Okay, you know? okay. All right, stop the shenanigans. <laughs> all of a sudden. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Matter of Stats podcast. Myself, Anthony, Billy, and Kobe with you from the road. Uh, gentlemen, what's happening? What's going what's on? Let's, uh, yeah, let's make this quick, man. I missed Taco Tuesday yesterday, so we got to hit the Jack in the Box drive-through tonight. Let's get let's get it rolling. Oh yeah, we don't want you to miss the Jack in the Box drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> Jack in the Box tonight? What's happening, Del Taco? Oh, it's not Tuesday, Billy. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, so, so I don't got I don't get the I don't get the forty tacos for like three dollars, you know. So I gotta get my uh, two for dollar fifty over at a Jack in the Box J I B. Yeah. Well, happy Hump Day. Co- Billy, don't you know that you know Kobe eats healthy on a budget? <laughs> <laughs> right. Why should chicken sandwich? There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's not hold up Jack in the Box. So we'll jump right in with our uh, before we jump in with our sports headlines. Of course, we want to remind everybody. Uh, to check out the Matter of Stats podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and our YouTube channel. All right, here's our headlines, gentlemen. Uh, LeBron became the first player in NBA history to score at least 40 points against all 30 NBA teams. Uh, Damian Lillard became the first NBA player to have three games with a 65-5 stat line. Uh, In some NFL coaching news, a few hires this past week, uh, Kobe, your Panthers, hired former Colts head coach Frank Reich to be their new head coach. Uh, The 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans has signed a six-year deal to become the Texans' new head coach. And the Broncos are reportedly going to hire former Saints coach Sean Payton as their new head coach. Uh, Also, this past week, the all-star starters were revealed, and the captains for the two teams will be LeBron and Giannis. Uh, The Super Bowl, gentlemen, in case you've heard of it, uh, is now set. The NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles, <clears throat> will take on the Kansas City Chiefs. I like how you do that. You, uh, sound like, also, you, sound like, you sound like the NBA announcers at the games where they hype up the home team and then they, they just, <laughs> they just their voice goes to crap when they announce them. You know, you know, hey, I got to I got to, you know, take my one shot here to just soak it up a little bit. Right? We're happy to be a professional. You got to be partial on here. Uh, okay, sure. Um, this is kind of cool. The Kelsey brothers will become the first brothers to face each other as players in the Super Bowl. Uh, and uh, finally, uh, some very recent news. Uh, this guy, Tom Brady, might have heard of him. Apparently, he is officially, again, officially going to retire from the NFL. And those are our headlines this week, boys. What you think? Uh, good for Brady. 
Um, he probably should have stuck with his decision last year, but um, he wanted to give an early go. So, hey, kudos for him for playing in the NFL, you know, 23 years, I believe it was. And uh, it's a tough league to play in that long. And, um, yeah, I mean, kudos to him. He's, he had a great career. So, uh, best of luck in retirement. We already know the allegedly – the alleged – you know, money he's going to make at Fox and stuff like that. So he's he's going to be just fine. Yeah, I was uh, I was chatting with the the uh, IG uh, admin this morning, and uh, we were going to put something up, you know, for uh, Tom Brady, but he decided he wanted to wait like 24 hours just to make sure that this was official, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that makes you know that makes sense. So yeah, we'll see. Hey, all kidding aside, though. Um, did you guys happen to uh, see Cowherd, um, you know, make his uh, statement about Pat Mahomes being the actual GOAT over Tom Brady? You no. no. Is it kind of similar to Nick Wright's rant the other day that I read? I don't know. I mean, Cowherd was just basically saying, like, we've never seen a quarterback like Pat Mahomes. I mean, who is he throwing to in the championship game? You know, yeah, a bunch of hurt players. He's out there hurt and hobbled. And um, just the things that he's been able to do so far uh, this fast in his career, uh, he's the GOAT. You know, um, Bill Russell has more championships than Michael Jordan, but that didn't stop anyone from, you know, labeling Michael Jordan as the GOAT. So why are we doing the thing with Pat Mahomes, basically, is what he was saying. Um, but I want to get your guys' take on that real quick. Well, I mean, every pretty much every sports analyst – is saying this is probably the best start to a career. Um, you know, the first, what is it, five years he's been in the league? It's, it's got to be the best start ever, you know. So uh, I think that's what everyone's going up, going by right now. Uh, I mean, it probably is. I mean, he's had a great start to his career. He's five years. Uh I think it's three or four AFC championships, you know, Super Bowls. And, I mean, he's he's doing it. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a team sport, so he's not doing it alone. But the stuff he's able to do on the field and, and stuff like that, and uh, it, it's been great to watch. It's been fun to watch. And, you know, I'm excited to see what he can do moving forward. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens uh, in another week. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love Mahomes. I, I, I think he's awesome. He's fun to watch. You know, he's a bit of a magician on the football field with, you know, the throws and, and plays he can make. Uh, I do find this is what I love about sports. I, I think it was, I don't know, a couple of days before the, the game and Max and Jay Will and Keyshawn were, you know, one of the topics was if Burrow beats Mahomes and and wins a Super Bowl is is he now is he the best quarterback in the league is he sort of you know leaped everybody is he better than Mahomes is he is he the new I think they called it the face of the league right well that would just be catching up to Mahomes no 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 but I'm just saying that's what you love about sports right before the game it was like oh if Burrow wins a Super Bowl is he the new face of the league and then that doesn't happen and two days later now we're talking about how Mahomes is the GOAT (laughs) Yeah, you just, I, I mean, just love sports. Yeah, it's just it's flip, it's very flip floppy. It's, it's you know whoever's the hot person at the time. I know, I love, I love it. it. That, that sounds like that sounds like Anthony, doesn't it, Billy? 
Hey man, let's not go down that road tonight. Hey, these guys get these guys get paid to do it for a living, right? So they must be doing something right. Well, according to you, we're supposed to get paid, but I haven't seen anything yet. Anthony, Anthony don't like a player until he's a star. That's it. Before that, it's like you never heard of him. Uh, Billy, we get paid. Uh, We get paid in spirit dollars. I have a question for Anthony, and uh, I don't know, Kobe, if you if you've talked to your buddy who's a Denver fan. Um. Do you, do you guys think Sean Payton's able to uh, whip that Denver team, uh, especially Russell Wilson, back into shape? He's a Bill Parcell, you know, uh, guy. So uh, what do you guys think? You know, he's a no-nonsense guy and stuff like that. You think he can whip this, this team back into shape? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't talked to I haven't talked to Ann Dog yet, so I'm not sure what his thoughts are on it, but I'll let you answer Anthony. Uh, well, I think any Denver fan has to be happy with anything other than what that, happened that, this season, that, right? That wasn't so, the question. No, no, I know, but I'm saying I'm saying I think anybody would be happy. Uh, Sean Payton, like you said, Billy, is a no-nonsense guy, but he's also, you know, an offensive guru, right? That's his yes. specialty, and Denver had one of the worst offenses I think we've ever seen. But he'll have his hands full with another aging former superstar named Russ. So we'll see see if he can flip the script. We'll see if uh, Russ can get his... He's going to probably have to get back in shape and and get himself... You know, he's probably going to have to have a really heavy workout regimen to prove himself this year because Peyton will not hesitate to bench his ass. Well, and they've got some weapons there. It's just a matter of no. They have them. They, he putting has in an offense is going to work. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see who uh, Peyton brings in for the coordinator and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good hire for Denver, and that'll that'll and uh, you know, speaking of that division, uh, I believe the Chargers hired uh, Kellen Moore to be their offensive coordinator. So um, minus the Raiders right now, I mean, that division's still looking really tough. Yeah. No. No. For sure. And. It'll be interesting to see if Kellen Moore can help the Chargers, you know, with their offensive mistakes that have seemed to plague them over the past if, several if he years. Could, if he could do what he did with Dak, I mean, he's got a better quarterback in Herbert. So if that worked with Dak, he's got Eckler and Herbert back there. I mean, and, you know, Mike Williams, he's got a, you know, Keenan Allen. Yeah, Keenan no, they Allen. got a good team. They He's got a, got a very solid good offense team. to work with, so I, I think uh, I think that's a big pickup for them. So we'll see what happens next year. Yeah, for sure. And uh, um, I like the, I like the Houston Texans hiring my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law Omar. Shout out Omar. Uh, I'm sure you're happy about this hiring for the Texans. You're a defensive guy, so uh, uh, we'll see we'll see if he can bring that that team back to life too. Six years. That's a a bold move for a team that's been turning over coaches left and right. Yeah, well, they, they do that, though. They, they they give them these long contracts, but it necessarily, you know, stay. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. But anyways. All right, well, let's keep, uh, let's keep the uh, train moving here. Let's jump into a little Lakers recap from the past week. Um, so the Lakers, unfortunately, they still sit below 500. Uh, 24 and 28, so four games under, um, and are still three losses back of the sixth seed and two losses back of the play-in. That's crazy uh, stuff. 
I know. The West, it's just we can't gain the the West is a mess, but yet we still can't gain any ground. Yeah, we'll get into um, that. Yeah. So uh, in the past five games, the Lakers have gone two and three uh, losses uh, against the Clippers. Uh, obviously, the tough loss against the Celtics, um, and then the loss the other night against the Nets. Then they had wins against the Spurs and um, just the other night uh, in the Garden against the Knicks. Uh, AD, you know, some good news, had did return to the lineup playing in three of those games. Uh, and on the current East Coast Grammy trip that the Lakers are on, so far they're one and two, uh, thanks to that, uh, let's just call it, unfortunate loss in Boston. And then the game in Brooklyn where LeBron and AD sat out and, you know, the Lakers hung in there for a while, but just, you know, couldn't couldn't hold it together in the fourth. And then they had a nice uh, comeback win, uh, albeit in overtime, but uh, at least we were able to bounce back and beat the Knicks. So there's two games left on this current trip uh, at the Pacers, and then they end it uh, at the Pelicans uh, over the weekend. Um, but you said it, I think you alluded to it, Billy. There's, there's no question with just 30 games left, which is crazy to think, the only 30 games left in the season, uh, the Lakers must start stringing together some wins here uh, yeah. before the playoff mountain gets too steep to climb. Yeah, so yeah. just to put it into context for you, and then I'll let you guys comment um, to make at least the play in, in my opinion, they're going to have to be 500 to guarantee, I think a play in spot. So that means they'd to finish 500. They'd have to go 17 and 13, the rest of the way, just to be, 41 and 41. So I'll let you guys uh, comment on what your thoughts over the past week. Uh, Kobe, I'm going to let you go because a lot of what I have to say kind of ties into the other segment we have going. So um, go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of crazy. I think this is like the first pod ever where we had like five games in between the last pod we did, <laughs> right? Like, because uh, the last one we did was right before the Clipper game, I think, and then, and then it just crazy. Yeah, the timing always... just, just kind of fell that way, right? Yeah, 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 and then we didn't do our normal pod this week. But, yeah, I mean, a lot of games to cover. Anthony, like you said, um, kind of up and down uh, all over the place. All I know is my boy Rui. I think Rui's played three games, or we won two of the three games with Rui, right? Yeah, and I think he's been. I think he's been as expected. Yeah, and and I I agree 100 percent with what LeBron said. It's nice to have another uh, big wing out there next to him, and that that's a pretty strong front court. You know, you got AD, LeBron, Rui. Um, You know, you start last night. You start uh, Troy Brown Jr. at the two, so you got some length out there um, that I think is going to cause problems for teams. uh, You know, sticking to the to the theme if we can win two out of three um you know consistently then maybe that gets us into the plan like you said anthony we'd have to uh, go what would you say 17 and what 17 and 13 just to be 500 yeah yeah so um i'm i'm pleasantly surprised um you know by by Rui. well i shouldn't say pleasantly surprised because i've always liked Rui, and um i thought he could, could give that you know he could play that well for us. And, uh, again, Kendrick Nunn's only averaging like seven points on the season, and Rui averages about double that. So you're getting those extra seven points. Anthony, you said, that, said this a lot um, earlier in the season that we were losing some of these games by just a couple points, you know, by six points here and there. So you had a guy like Rui that can get you those extra buckets. He's a solid defender. Um, you know, I, I, I like our chances um, in these last 30 games. But, um, but yeah, you know, I know, I know we're going to get into – 
uh, more specifics on some of these games. But, hey, it's been up and down so far, and um, we'll see how we can close out these next two games. Unfortunately, one of them against my uh, my B team, the Pels. Shout out to Yeah, them. who have lost like – what have they lost, like nine straight or something, the Pelicans? <laughs> I know. I know, man. With Zion, Zion going down and Brandon Ingram not playing, I mean, it's been tough, I'm sure. So. What bothers me is that we need – I don't know if I should say, I don't know if need is the right word, but this is what's going on is that LeBron and, you know, some of the higher profile, I guess, or better players have to play like a ton of minutes just to beat teams like the Knicks, the Spurs and so on. Like that should be a red flag that, you know, we, we still need to make another move. Rui is a great move. I love what he's doing for us. He, he's, He's been solved for us, uh, and he's done what pretty much what we thought he would do, right? Mm-hmm. But I just feel we're still short, and these when we're playing these lower scale teams, we, we have our guys playing minutes that they shouldn't need to play, and we're going into overtime to beat beat you know subpar five hundred teams. I know we're a subpar five hundred, but we shouldn't be. We're not built that way but we're playing that way and i i just think you know we need some help we 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 still need a couple of pieces to get over that because it's just not looking good yeah um one thing i liked about last night's game and and you're totally right because lebron had to play uh, i think what did i say 42 minutes or something yeah for for us to win that game um but with now I, I know it was because Beverly didn't play, but at least last night you saw lineups with length. It's the first time in a long time you haven't seen the three guard lineups in extended stretches throughout the game. And I know that was probably more because Bev wasn't out there to play, but I just I just think those those lineups with length just give the Lakers such a more consistent uh, ability to score and uh, defensively so they don't have to work quite as hard. Um, so hopefully, like you said, Billy, if we can make another move to uh, move a guard to get length, it will, you know, by default, create more bigger lineups and eliminate the the need for the three guard lineups. Yeah. I mean, I like the, I like the, the more traditional lineup we've been going with, but sometimes they still sub in a bunch of guards, you know, where you got like three or four guards out there and it's kind of frustrating. It's like, why, why won't you learn from your mistake? Type yeah. Of thing? Um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm curious what you guys think about this. Uh, a guy like Thomas Bryant, who we've talked about on this pod several times, played really well in extended minutes when AD was, was absent. Now that AD's back, Thomas Bryant goes back to the bench, which, okay, fine, whatever. But, the, but he's getting far less minutes. I know he's not going to get as many minutes as without AD, but I don't understand why he can't get a little more. Like I think last night he played like 16 minutes or something like that. I don't understand why there can't be a little more of a balance where he can play a little bit more minutes because I think he's shown that he can be productive in longer stretches. And then doesn't that help mitigate some of the risk of Anthony Davis playing 38, 39, 40 minutes a night? I, I agree. I think Bryant should be getting 22 to 25 minutes, maybe 27 minutes a game. 
or probably about 20 to 25. Yeah. Um, and Gabriel's minutes should go down. Um, I'm not, no, it's no knock on Gabriel. He He's done good, but I'm just going by, you know, what Bryant's done. And, you know, I think he's just more uh, effective out there and, you know, better for what we need when he's out there. So, yeah, I, I think he needs more minutes. I think he needs to be at least 20 to 25, 22 to 25 maybe. Um, yeah, and, you know, every, whenever someone goes gets injured, you know, someone comes in and they get more minutes and so on. But when that person comes back, there's always a couple of guys or so that's going to get um, their minutes decreased again. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's probably going to be Gabriel. But I, but they're not doing that. So, that can't answer why that's not happening um i'm sure none of us can we don't know what the inner workings are what's going on behind that but um yeah i agree with you on that brian needs to brian needs more minutes kobe yeah billy and 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 i think you had mentioned that on the last pod too you're like what's it going to be like when 80 gets back and now you put tv on the bench and Mm -hmm. now maybe he can't be as effective um you know with the ball and do the the positive things that he's been doing because he's not touching the ball as much so um you know i I probably agree and again like i had said um earlier you know uh with with troy brown playing the two last night troy brown is six foot seven playing the two i know he's a little bit slimmer but you know we may even experiment possibly throwing Rui at the two at times you know and we throw Rui at the two we put lebron at the three ad at the four maybe tv at the five that's a possibility too I just, I just don't like all the toying around at this point in the season. Like playing with lineups and stuff like that is something we've done the last couple of years, and I've never been a fan of it. I, I like to get all right. This is the lineup. This is the rotation, and boom. I get it. There's going to be changes. I understand that people get hot, cold, um, resting, injured, whatever, right? But you got to have still a consistent rotation. To where guys know when they're going to come in and come out until a, a wrench is thrown in, like someone gets hurt or whatever. But um, I don't like where you're going to start experimenting this far into the season. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay, so that being said, here here's the next uh, topic I want to throw at you guys. Next question. So obviously, with the addition of uh, you know Rui and Walker's back, we'll be getting you know Reeves back shortly. Uh, what is the Lakers' best lineup right now? How, how many how many days did you practice saying Rui? Because it sounds a lot better. <laughs> better this week, huh? Uh. I, 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 I wrote it out, you know, in enunciating. You know how, like, you can write out something with the enunciations? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anthony, Anthony, Anthony probably spelled it R-O-O-E-Y. Rui. <laughs> Rui! <laughs> oh, my God. Um. I, I like that Braun Davis, Rui, Dennis, and uh, I, I really don't like Troy Brown at the two. Um, I, I've got to go with either Beverly or Walker. I know Walker hasn't been playing good uh, since he's come back from an injury. Um, don't know why. Russ, not playing enough. I don't know what that is, but uh, hopefully he, he gets that back. If not, then, you know. Like Anthony, you said the other day, if we're not going to really use him like we were, maybe he's a trade, you know, he's a possible trade guy. But, right. Uh, yeah, that's the lineup I like. Um, I, I, I like I like what Beverly's been doing lately. I mean, he, he seems to be a lot more comfortable. Um, I like him in that lineup. I like what Rui's doing. He had his, his season average uh, by halftime 
last night. So, um, Kobe, I know you mentioned you're going to get your highs and lows from him and once he gets that zero or whatever. But so far, I, I like what I see. He's been consistent as far as his production. Um, I, I like that. I like that lineup. I, I like it a lot. So, uh, that's probably our best lineup. Whether it's a closing lineup, or I don't know. But I, I like this lineup. Cope? Yeah, um, you know, and I just think that the way that the NBA has evolved, um, you know, over the past decade or so, um, is kind of contributing to why lineups are often changing because, you know, it's it's positionless basketball, you know. So um, on nights where, you know, Philly, you just said you like Bev in there probably at the two, but what if, you know, there's the bigger two guards, like Anthony I brought up earlier in the season, what if there's these bigger two guards that we got to defend, the Bookers, the Clays, Maybe we use Troy Brown Jr. in those snares or Rui or, some, you know, someone else. So it's not – unfortunately, it's not always probably going to be the same lineup. Um, maybe maybe on a consistent basis there could be kind of like similar lineups. But uh, – so I know what you're saying. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we've got to make the adjustments pretty much game to game, you know. Um, I'm just saying there has to be at least a 85 to 90% consistency of a lineup. Of, yeah. of that that's your lineup right going into a game where i get what you're saying but there has to be the majority of the games this is like your rotation yeah, yeah. I, I think it's also about knowing their roles right i think that's just as important as actual lineup yeah i definitely think that um you know like you said uh billy um has been playing nice i wouldn't want to um you know move him to the second unit and kind of take that confidence away from him, even though he could probably comfortably do it, no problem, but he's starting to, um, you know, he's start, starting to ramp up here. Again, I was listening to his pod. Uh, I see the clips on IG. Uh, I think he was saying he was dealing with an in- injury earlier in the season that nobody really knew about, so he didn't really have his legs under him. That's why he came out shooting so poorly, and uh, now that he's, he's starting to ramp up, um, he says he usually starts dunking by the playoffs, but now he's, uh, he, you know, obviously put that that dunk in against Boston the other night that pretty much should have sealed the deal. But, but yeah, I, I would probably keep Bev in um, in the starting lineup. Uh, I would say Dennis Schroeder, Bev, and the, the, the three, the big three in the front court. Yeah, Rui, AD, and LeBron. So that's that's lineup I like. Okay. Um, yeah, and you guys are right. The, the lineup's going to change, and whatever starts and finishes is different. Um, but I, I think the genesis is just, in our opinion, what we think is the best possible lineup the Lakers could put out there at any given moment. Right. Uh, and I think uh, we all agree, you know, the you know the quote unquote new big three, if you will, of LeBron, you know, AD, and uh, Rui, it has to be part of the best lineup. I actually think for me, I'd probably want to see either Bev or Dennis. At one guard, I, I I really feel that Dennis is would be great off the bench. I think he's a perfect backup point guard in my opinion because he can come in and spark a little bit of offense, a little bit of defense, but he's not consistent enough to be a full time starter. Um, and I and I do agree with what you're saying um, with Beverly's energy and um, output is probably best served in the starting lineup as opposed to the bench. I think you're right. He could probably do both, but he seems to be a little better spark uh, with the first unit. So I'd probably go, uh, you know, Bever Dennis, 
and then probably Reeves with you know with the other three. I think Reeves is just the most consistent. Uh, I like Walker, but I don't. I'm just trying to figure out where Walker's role is going to be now. He's been he's been very. Team. He's been very inconsistent since he's been back from injury, which is unfortunate because he came out strong part of the season. And I was like, damn, this is like, this is like how Monk was, like you know, coming out here athletic, young. You mm-hmm. know, he can take, he make his own shot. Uh, I, I just basket, athletic. Oh, damn, yeah, cool, I, I, I feel like it's going to be a challenge for him to get minutes if Russ, Bev. And Dennis are all still here past next week. And yeah. then you also have Reeves, Troy Brown Jr. I think it's going to be hard for him to get consistent minutes. We're just yeah. we're really guard heavy. That's that's an issue. It's always been an issue. So. And that could be that could be that pretty little bow that we talked about a couple episodes ago, right? I mean, Lonnie was a guy, very Malik Monkish, right? That came out. He, you know, was performing better than probably most people anticipated and uh, we can use that to our advantage maybe going into the trade deadline and saying hey look he's struggling a little right now but that's expected he's just coming off of an injury but look at what he was doing prior I mean he, he was probably highly coveted at that point you know um, so that could be something we could use going into the trade deadline yeah there's all that tape out there of him, but he, well there's they, no there's no question they want how he is now they want what he was to start the season so that's going to be a tough sell yeah, and he's young and talented, so I think there's some opportunity there. And obviously, if you trade him, it's low risk because he's a free agent at the end of the year. So a team could sign him or a team could wash their hands of him. Yeah, it's just something if a team needed a filler for now. But I just don't. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's keep rolling here. Um, so we talked about this a little bit. I want to get in a little more depth in because obviously it's been a uh, a big issue all year, uh, especially over the last you know couple of weeks. So, uh, given the high usage rate, and the coaching staff uses these three guard lineups, I want to know: Do you guys think realistically that this team can win if Russ, Bev, and Dennis are all still on this roster after the trade deadline? I don't. I don't think so. I mean. It's been proven not to work. Uh, we need we need somebody or maybe even a couple of players that can stretch the floor. These guys are not consistent enough to even make, you know, make the playoffs. They're on and off, and you know they we make a run. We we you know go with three to five game win streak, and then we go and lose about three to four again. You know, and, and we're we're stuck still below 500 so uh, I, I think we need to make some kind of move I mean I, I don't know uh, I don't know exactly what or who when I mean, we discussed this last week where uh, you know Russ is probably the option because he has all the money and stuff like that but uh, you know it seems it seems everyone plays almost per- we have to have everyone play almost a perfect game for us to win games even against teams that are so sub 500 and that's not going to happen all the time in the NBA you know you're going to have guys that are out injured sitting and resting we need guys that can pick up the slack and uh, you know when guys have the night off or having off nights so we need we need 
we still need to make a move somehow, some way to get a couple of guys that can help us out. Kobe? It's funny because, uh, Anthony, you left this question very vague. Do you, do you think we can win with Russ, Bev, and Dennis on the team? <laughs> so do we think they can win the championship? Do we think they can win a game? Do we think they can win or will they win? Like, what, Well, what, what, obviously we'll – I took it as championship. Yeah, obviously when we say win, we're talking in the long haul, not one game. Can they win this year? Can they do something significant this year with keeping all three of them on the roster? As Lakers, we're always talking championships. So. Yeah, well, anything is possible. Yes, you can win. Um, I would say I would say with, with Bev and Dennis, yes. Russ, I'm not so sure. So I just think it goes back to what you were saying, Anthony, um, with the highs and lows of Russ. Yes, he does a lot of great things for us, but he's going to cost us, you know, at the end of games. And um, yeah, I just don't know that that, that is going to um, be a good recipe for winning a championship uh, down the stretch, you know. So I'm going to say no mm-hmm. with those three specific players. Good. Well, none of them um, yeah, no, no, you're you're 100% right, Billy. And the point I was going to make is, A, I agree with you guys. The short answer is no, I don't think we can. And my biggest issue with the three-guard lineup isn't necessarily that you're playing three guards at one time. It's the guards that we have, right? They're all small guards. None of them stretch the floor because right. they don't shoot the three consistently enough to stretch the floor. So it creates problems offensively and defensively because like it'd be different if it was Golden State, right? And you had, you know, Steph, Poole, and Clay out there because Steph is a little bit small, but you know, Clay is what, six seven, Poole's like six six. Yeah. So those are that's a three guard lineup, but those are big guards. All well, our they, guards are six one, six two. So four two. So. Well, and they can all space the floor, but just from a size standpoint, at least they're not small. Our guards yeah. are all six one, six two. That's the biggest yeah. problem. And, and you're right. We talked about this all the time with Russ. It's the good and the bad, right? I think over these last five games, Russ had like three or four games where he was where he played pretty pretty poorly. And then you know the other night in New York. He actually came in in overtime and played pretty well. Like he was, you know, he had three or four really good plays, four or five possessions in a row where he where he attacked and made a nice, you know, drop off pass for a layup or a dunk that really helped the Lakers actually get the win. But that's just it. It's the good and the bad, right? You got four bad games and one good game. No matter what, it's it's going to always come back to, man. It was it was good for a couple games, and then he cost us a big play down the stretch that's going to cost us a win. And what happens if that's in game six of the first round or something like that, and it, we end up getting eliminated on you know he him deciding to take a three instead of attacking the hoop or turn the ball over or whatever. So I think unfortunately Billy's right. The the Moving Russ makes the most sense because of his contract and because of the fit. You know, Beverly at least has the ability, I think, to hit the three at a more consistent level. Plus, he does provide some of the intangibles, if nothing else, you know, from that, you know, sort of, uh, you know, pit bull, you know, 
potential defensive standpoint and, and Schroeder is a little more efficient offensively. Uh, it just makes the most sense that if the Lakers are going to make a move, uh, Russ is the logical choice because it'll allow you to bring in multiple pieces and he's probably uh, the least ideal fit for what you want out there on the court if you're going to space the floor, uh, especially in a half-court setting, which we know tends to get a little more uh, like that in the postseason. Yeah, so. I, have a, I have a question for you because we're talking about, you know, uh, blown games here and all, all that stuff. Um, just, just real quick, because I don't want to really – we don't really have time to jump into it like crazy, but uh, I'll ask you guys both. Do you feel like the refs are costing us wins this season? Anthony, do you think that Russ is costing us? Well, I think that obviously there was those. There's a there was a stretch of games in January, the Dallas game, the Sacramento game, obviously the Boston game, potentially the Philly game. So you can point to three or four games where obviously we got hosed on a call or bad call or non-call that potentially cost us the opportunity to win a game. Um, but I think you could also point to the fact that Russ has probably cost us three or four games with a bad play at the end or, you know, ill-advised shot. And the problem is, like Billy said, we're not a strong enough team. There's very little margin for error. So if Russ is costing us games and the refs are costing us games, that's too many people costing us games. We don't have that luxury for anybody to be costing us games. Yeah. Okay, what do you think, Billy? You think they're costing us games, the refs? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's been some bad calls and stuff, but that happens during the game. So um, we just can't let ourselves get in that position to have the refs dictate a game at that point. Yeah. So um, the point, the thing is, we're coming out at a certain point and we're, we have a quarter that we just we're flat or we, we, we don't have the energy or whatever it may be, may be it, that is part of the games that we're losing. So the thing is, don't get in that position for the refs to have a chance to mess up those calls or put in, get in position to cost us a game or get in position to play in overtime because we're damn well shown that we cannot play in overtime except for against the Knicks. And to go into overtime to get a win against the Knicks is, I mean, we won, but I don't consider it a quality win. So, um, yeah, we, we got to work on ourselves and not and stop pointing fingers at the refs and everything else. I mean, we can argue that, fine. You know, they made some calls, whatever, but we can't keep putting those positions. Um, I, I just want to say that I am I'm proud of both of you guys. Actually, I'm surprised. I'm stunned. I thought for sure both of you guys would be like, "Oh, the freaking refs! They cost us games." We, you know, like everyone else in Laker Nation is like, "Oh, like, you know, we'd be in fifth place right now if we would have got those four or five games or whatever, you know." And um, you know, that's what we've been hearing right all week is how the refs cost us fifth place in the West. And um, you know, the the thing about that is when when you hear that kind of stuff, for me personally, I just feel like. If it was only happening to us, then maybe, then maybe, right? Like, but it can't just be happening to us. It, it, well, it's it, happening it, all over the NBA. The referee. It happened all over the NBA, exactly. So, so not to say that, that it's right, 
or you know or anything like that. But yes, if we're if they're if the refs are costing us games, they're probably costing other teams games too. So who knows what other teams could be higher in the rankings if the refs didn't cost them um, them games as well. But the only reason I bring this up is because actually today, and I don't know if either of you guys saw it, but there was a report that came out um, about uh, you know this guy that that works for Yahoo Sports that went and looked at all seasons the whole season's um, L2M reports to, to look mm-hmm. at close calls and no calls. Did you see that, Anthony? No, I didn't, but... Okay, so CBS CBS Sports were the ones that were reporting it, but the guy from Yahoo Sports, his name is uh, Ben Rohrbach, I believe it is. Um, okay. He went in and he looked at the entire league, um, all their L2M reports, um, and, and, and checked to see in close games all the incorrect calls and no calls. Okay. So for, for, every, for every team. So he yeah. looked at... He looked at the Lakers, and the Lakers, in their 19 close games, um, they had 34 incorrect calls or no calls, and 21 of the calls actually went in the Lakers' favor, which was about 62% of the time the calls went in the Lakers' favor. Mm-hmm. That is better than 28 teams in the league. <laughs> so that means, that means there's only one team that gets you know, more calls in their favor. That's, that's your B team, uh, the Clippers, Anthony. Um, oh, of course. My B team. My B team. Yeah. So, so the, so the, so the report was, it was a re- report debunks LeBron James claim that the Lakers have been wronged by the refs, and actually the opposite is true. <laughs> so, so while while Laker fans and LeBron in particular might feel like, you know, we're being singled out, we're actually not. And if anything, we're actually getting most of the calls in our favor more than any other team in the league, with the exception of the Clippers. Yeah, so well, I, thought that, I thought that was interesting. LeBron, you know, at the same time, LeBron is taking it to as a personal thing, not a team thing. So, yeah, I think with LeBron, it's it's yeah, he feels like he should be getting more calls, and and sometimes he's right, sometimes he's wrong. I think for me, the only the, the I think the reason why it's it's magnified with the Lakers is because a it's the Lakers, and right. b. Because LeBron. we're four games below 500, no, every game no, is so no, critical. No, 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 <laughs> no. No, I'm saying I think that's why and it's B magnified. Because LeBron's on the team. B no. is because LeBron's a baby. No, stop, <laughs> stop, Billy. Stop with, stop with, with your haterade for a second. I'm saying that's why it's magnified in the media because it's LeBron, because it's the Lakers, and because we're below 500. But th- to me, like you said, Billy, one of the big issues is. Every game is a grind. When was the last time the Lakers beat somebody by 10 or more points? Well, that's, that's part of the problem. So, it you know, everything, you know, intertwines and connects and circles and, you know, always goes back to, you know, how good is this team? How good can it be? What pieces does it have? What pieces does it need? Can it stay healthy? And I know you could say that about every team, but, you know, it always, you know, floats around, you know, around that. Um, but I get it. For me, the only one that bothered me was the Celtics game because it's the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I agree. It was a foul. I think everyone agreed. Oh, um, that that, again, in real time, I didn't see it as a foul. Um, I saw the the Patrick Beverly uh, slap on Jalen Brown's head. I saw that clearly as a foul. Um, and, you know, oh, I thought, I I thought looked... you guys remember, I just texted and say, oh, this guy just missed a freaking layup. Like, great. Yeah, well, see, again, I, told, again, I, I told you, but it's funny because remember I told you, Kobe, that I saw the opposite in real time. I thought 
Beverly didn't hit him on top of the head. Yeah. yeah and yeah, then yeah. I clearly was like, dude, Tatum whacked his arm. Shocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shocking you saw it that way. Well, I, I just I, – yeah, but, but that's the point. That's the point that Kobe's trying to make is that, you know, you guys saw it one way and I saw it the other way. So – Yeah, and we're and we're, we're, we're humans like the rest, right? And you make mistakes and, you know, they make they make them on us and make them on other teams too. So it's it's even across the board. It's, it's uh, you know, we're grading on a curve here. So. Yeah, um, I, I got into it in the, my daughter's game with the ref, so. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Way to go. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, we wrap it up here or what? I'm, I'm sitting here in the Jack and Box drive-thru waiting to pull up. All right, well, I think that about wraps up this edition of the Matter Stats podcast. As always, we thank you guys for listening and keep listening. Check us out anywhere you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter, IG, and our YouTube channel. Peace. See ya. Good night. Thank you.